This episode of Now and Again is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcasting Network. For all things Cage, Keanu, and more, head on over to cageclub.me. Previously on Now and Again, Volume 2. Cheryl Crow is fucking sexy. You're getting the chair, man. Yeah, dude, I should have tried to bang more chicks to play guitar back in the day. I think seeing Shirley Manson at the age I did, and also a little bit like Feruza Balk in the craft, really gave me a type. I have a cool story about Fatboy Slim if you want to hear it. Oh, please. Fatboy Slim and I got into a screaming match about a hard-boiled egg. It's uh, Maya featuring a whole bunch of people, Blackstreet, Mace, and a guy named Blinky Blink. Uh, with <laughs> That's a great name, dude. With uh, Take Me There. Yeah, I didn't I remember didn't... this song. I didn't remember it. I, I definitely, I had a little sister, so I remember I saw the Rugrats movie in theaters because, like, you know, we took her to, like, obviously I was, like, right around maybe, you know, 11. Like, I was beyond Rugrats age, but... Yeah, me too. But, um, yeah, it was relatable because I had definitely seen the thing, and, like, I, I instantly picked up that this must have been in the movie. I don't remember it from the movie. I'm a fan of Maya. I like Maya a lot, so... Same. So, like, I had no problem with that. Blackstreet, I totally forgot about. They're uh, no diggity, right? Yeah, they've done something. I don't remember if it was that. I know their name. I, I don't remember what it was, but I just totally forgot about them. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they're no diggity, um, which as a song I'll never forget, but definitely the artist of that is a trivia, a bar trivia question. Yeah, you're right. It's no diggity. Yep, just looked it up. And yeah, Mace was the uh, was Puffy's sidekick for a little while. Yes, yes. We I actually have a lot of Puffy to address at the end of this. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Jump right into it. No, 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 no. I mean, just like it, like when like you know, if we're looking back on it, like the songs that were relevant at the time, like Mace and Puffy and Bad Boy were killing it these years. Oh like, yeah. Ninety eight, ninety nine. So this was like a very poignant choice for them to you know have Maya and you know some of the Bad Boy family do. And that's you know that's speaking of bar trivia, that's a great bar trivia question. Like, uh, who had the first? Like million dollar video. I think people, most people would say um, Michael Jackson, but I, I'm pretty sure it was Puff Daddy. Yeah, it, I, I'm pretty sure it was Puff Daddy too. It, it was just like you know, inflation, man. And besides Puffy, which is like way over the top. And dude, he fucking made bank. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I heard um, a really crazy story once. Uh, actually, we can talk about it when we get to Jay Z. Remind me of my Puff Daddy story. Okay. The, the, about Jay Z. Whenever we get there. This song reminded me of like um. A weird mashup you would find on the internet. Yeah. Because it's just got the Rugrats theme dropped right into it, into the beat. Um, but despite that, I think the song is pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I, I really like that their interesting play with the Rugrats theme dropped into it. It was cool. It was something like, like yeah, and Maya was playful about it. I liked, I really like the setup of the music video. You see that like we're still kind of in a place where like, they had to build sets. They couldn't fully CGI shit. Yeah. So you get this like this this griminess of the and like the realness of like them like in a giant you know playpen, which I think is really cool that we lose a lot now. But when you could just CGI the fuck out of everything, you know, you lose the like they had to make this set. So 
I, I respected that a lot. Yeah, it creates more like of a surrealness instead of this artificial realness yeah. that is really distracting. Yeah, it's really surreal because they're using like half CGI, but it wasn't advanced enough yet to cover everything. So yeah, I like that. I wish we could go back to that. Isn't that like something that like the dude that made the Dark Knight tries to do all the time? Christopher Nolan uh, doesn't he kind of do like half like half CG like he bitches about C- like he's like I'm not trying to make a CGI movie. I only use it when I need to and stuff like that. And he like tries to use a lot of real explosions and makeup and stuff. So yeah, I can I can always appreciate that, especially as someone uh I love horror. So it's always nice to see like a, a blood squib that's not CGI or like a monster that's yeah, fully practical. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this was the the rap part is really funny because Mace just kind of like shows up and is like Angelica, she's this this and this, and then <laughs> Phil and Lil, they're this and this. It's the most like my name is Mace and I like to like blah like yeah. kind of rap thing ever. Um, but you know it's. It fits with the tone of the song, which is very uh, upbeat and childlike and full of wonder and adventure that Rugrats, I guess, had. Yeah, and wrapped in the surrealism. I, I like this. I'm glad I remembered this. I probably won't play it again, but right. it's something to have in my repertoire. And I feel like this must have been um, kind of the start of Maya, because I think we'll get to her in future episodes, but um, like she's yeah, going to have some be good early. stuff coming up. This definitely had to be early, yeah. Well, someone who we've already visited and we'll be visiting quite a bit. This is a good transition because I was just thinking it. I was thinking about is Aaliyah still alive at this time? Because Maya and Aaliyah were like, they're looking very similar from the last music video. So, like, now to R. Kelly. Um, Is Aaliyah still alive? That she is because in the future we're going to touch on the song from. Romeo Must Die, which she acted in. Been a long time, time. So I'm going to say yes, but uh, we can let people tweet at us how wrong we are. Um, She died 2001. Oh, so yeah. And, damn, oh, wow. So she is already divorced from R. Kelly at this point. They were only married for a year until 95. So this could have been a song about Aaliyah. It absolutely could be. It's R. Kelly when a woman's fed up. And, man, R. Kelly is such... A fun. I mean, again, we can. Well, every episode, I'm sure we will briefly mention. Yes, R. Kelly. There's issues there. Yeah. But despite that, the dude made videos. Man, he made little sick movies. ass videos, dude. The, the videos are great, and his voice, like in my notes, I have real life. R. Kelly can probably convince me to let him pee on me because, like, his voice is so buttery, dude. Just like he's saying the dumbest shit. Like all of his lyrics are fucking stupid. But it just comes out so smooth, man. Like, if I could pick, like, one person's voice to have, it might be R. Kelly's. It's so velvety and yeah. so smooth, and you just want to, you know... Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess. I mean, <laughs> the best way to describe how I feel about R. Kelly on this podcast is, my mind's telling me no, but my body... Buddy. My body's telling me yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I liked it. I liked the videos. I'm a huge fan of R. Kelly's really really shitty songs like i like you know the closet i like oh um, yeah i like you do you remember my favorite one you remind me of my jeep no but i love it is it just the Dude, same metaphor as ignition except it's lit it's like it 
oh god, th- you have to look this one up. And there's a music video for it too. And you have to dig deep on the internet because I don't know who tried right. to watch this one out, but it's great. Well, but if it's I can like, find it, that's going in the liner notes of this episode. Yeah. Um, it's literally him walking around his Jeep being like, you got headlights. And like literally, he just goes over <laughs> every part of the car and says how it is like this woman. It is fucking terrible. And it's so velvety. I love it. But yeah, this is a great music video. It was super like, it felt like The Wire to me. You know? Did it feel like a little bit like... Uh, it's. I get what you're saying. It's more... It's got this sinister tone because there's like this moment where there's two people in the car and they're dressed in all black with like these yeah. black hoods on, like they're going to like do, but they're just talking and like it never gets to a sinister point. And so I see what you're saying, but it's like, it's totally very strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Um, did you notice that the woman's name in the music video was Sparkle? I did not. <laughs> I know, man. I was like, wonder who I, I, R. Kelly had to be, like writing and directing most of these videos himself. Oh yeah, and that's the question I had is so this is the guy who did Trapped in the Closet. Do you think he is self-aware about how ridiculous some of this stuff is or is it like a Tommy Wiseau thing where he thinks he is making the most no. brilliant poignant thing imaginable? Yep. I I believe that R Kelly thinks that he's making like artistic work. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I don't think that he's, like, tongue-in-cheeking this shit at all. He's, like, really, really believing that this is, like, cool shit. I mean, get, maybe at the time it was cool shit. I think it is. I, I like it. I still like the music. Oh, like, yeah. I like the video. It appeals to me. I love his voice, but it's super lame as fuck. Like, if you, like, break it down, it's lame. Yeah, yeah. R. Kelly is... I, I guess the, the best encapsulation of that is just the phrase... Uh, Anytime I hear the phrase making love in music, um, that's a phrase that I don't think humans really use, uh, at least not anyone my age, in real life to describe that act. Like, that's something that is solely for this genre of music and rom-coms. Yes, and maybe, like, you know, like, some money novels or something. And, like, the Bad Company song, Feel Like Making Love, which I hate that song because of the use of that. But yeah, okay, I get it, yeah. Nobody, dude, I, so, okay, so, the cool part about R. Kelly, and I think that why we reminisce over him so hard is, who have we had that is R. Kelly since R. Kelly? I mean, I think... I can think of a couple people that kind of tow it, but nobody can match him. Like, no. what do we got now? We got Drake, kind Drake of... Is, Drake and Chris Brown are who I was thinking of, but fuck Chris Brown. Um, you got T-Pain, kind of, right? But it's like... I get on board with Drake being the new R. Kelly. Yeah, but it, but it's not. But he doesn't have the butteriness of R. Kelly. No. Drake is doing like an impersonation of R. Kelly in today's world. Yeah, I, I'm i on board with that, 100%. Yeah. So, that's what I think is going on. I, I, I don't think that we'll ever have someone that's like, like purely... I mean, what do you... Okay, you, maybe you got The weekend. Oh, Maybe yeah. he's like the closest I think we'll get, but it's not R. Kelly, man. R. Kelly was like purely cheesy, you know, like, mm-hmm. but cheesy and it didn't matter because he was just this dude. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's the, the difference between like, you've got making love music, which is like R. Kelly. And then you've yeah. got, you know, there's, there's artists that are just, they're fuck music and it's different. Yeah, it's baby different. making music. Exactly. exactly. And, uh, yeah, but that's, that said, I have, like, 
I'm still on board with R. Kelly. I really am. Dude, you um, get that slow hip gyration as soon as it comes on. You know what I mean? You get that like little head nod, like yeah. You know, like as soon as it, like any R. Kelly song, like this is exactly what happens. So and I'll bring it up every time because I don't think it's on and now. Like, man, the remix to Ignition is one of my favorite songs. Seriously, yeah, it's still hot, man. I would listen to it today. I love, yeah, yeah, it's fun. Dude, and he see he had this like crossover fun shit. I want R. Kelly to come back. He needs to do uh, more features, man. Like so many more dudes need to pull R. Kelly up and do features with him. Like, why isn't there a Drake and R. Kelly hit? Why isn't there the Weekend and R. Kelly hit? Why isn't there a Chris Brown and R. Kelly hit? Like, they should all be like chomping at the bit to get some R. Kelly vocals on their tracks. Holy shit! Like, (laughs) yeah, any. Like, if you can't get two pandas to have sex to save their species, you play some the, the R. Yeah. Kelly and Drake mash, like uh, yeah. collaboration, and bam, just through yep. the airwaves, you have new panda babies. Exactly, dude. That's what's going to happen. I'm telling uh, See, I wish I worked in music sometimes so I could, like, piece this shit together. Like, you have, like, all these artists that are like, oh, you know, like, let's do throwbacks with, like, some old dudes. That, like, you know, you get, like, the RZA on tracks with, like, mm-hmm. you know, Earl Sweatshirt and shit like that, which is really cool. But, like, why the fuck is Drake and R. Kelly not doing songs together? Why does he have a mixtape with Future but not R. Kelly? Like, they should have a fucking EP together, just five songs of just, like, smash music like this. Yeah, I mean, if, if R. Kelly is just straight up retired from music, then I, I hope he is enjoying his retirement on some lovemaking beach in, in, he in is. some he amazing is. island with all of his piles of money. But, like, man, I wish he would just, even if he just came back and produced, like, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want more of R. Kelly. I do. Yeah, I think I think that's a good note to, uh, to end the uh, When a Woman's Fed Up on. And let's go into Father of Mine by Everclear. This song is heavy, dude. This is a heavy-ass song for how upbeat it sounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually, I I learned uh, while doing some research that this guy's name is not Art Alexis, as I've been calling him forever. It's like Art Alexicus, which... I'm just going to keep oh. calling him what I always thought it was. Art Alex. Uh, I didn't know his name. Yeah. There's, there's a K in there somewhere. Uh, oh. And I mentioned on the first episode, there's never been a musician who wears, like, his uh, his discussions with his therapist so heavily on his sleeve and his music. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's like, this is like the scumbag dad anthem. Oh, yeah. And normally I would, yeah, I said, I want music that makes me feel but I don't want to feel like this. Yeah, and you know, it doesn't it's so the the way he says stuff, like there's the line, uh, like I was a scared white boy in a black neighborhood, like that it's show don't tell. Like you learn that very early on in any creative writing class. And he's just he's just laying out every, all oh, of his yeah, feelings. Oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's he's definitely giving it all to you. There's nothing to guess at here. Yeah, and it's not in a way that hits me emotionally. It's like, oh, okay, I get it. I don't know if I want it. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. This one, yeah, it makes me feel some type of way. Like, dude, my I had my dad, you know what I mean? And this still makes me feel fucked up about this song. Like, yeah. like damn, dude, I can't imagine what this... I, I hope to, I want to know what his dad thinks about when he hears this song on the radio. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. It has to still play, dude. He's, like, at a bar, like, drinking by himself, and they're like, ain't that your kid, Tom? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But there's, there's, um... 
a weird uh, side thing to this that I want to bring what? up because I deleted it from the first episode, um, and I, I will publicly apologize to Nico, my guest on the first episode, uh, because he brought this up, and I couldn't verify it, and I wanted to verify it um, before I threw it out there. Um, so now you're just going to steal his whole fact. Okay, well, I, I'm giving it to him. I think, <laughs> I think part of it is because I was Googling Art Alexis and not Art Alexicus or whatever his stupid name uh, is. Okay. Is that he has this line about how, like, he'll be a better father and he would never do that shit. Yes. Uh, he was arrested uh, for domestic abuse oh, in, like, 1992. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's domestic abuse. That's not child abuse. Yeah, well... So, like, beating your wife doesn't mean that you're a bad father. I think it actually does, though. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, it could have been before he oh, had I'm a kid, sorry but that I'm still. Laughing. I'm, laughing. I'm sorry that I'm laughing at domestic violence. I'm just laughing at the the, the idea of him saying he's going to be a better father and then getting arrested for beating his wife. Right, that's and I think... That's fucking hilarious. When I eventually found it was... Uh, it's not on his Wikipedia, so I guess I'll throw out... Allegedly, he did all of these things. Um, but... It seemed to have come from a time, like, a very low point in his life, like, even before Everclear was, like, He was uh, listening to his own music too long or something. And, like, he eventually, like, like, as he said in the interview, like, he learned from it, and and then the band started getting better once he cleaned up and all of the stuff like that. So did it happen before the song or after the song? It was, like, 92 or something like that. Oh, so it's Um, before the song. Okay. Sure. So, okay, so he could have taken, I mean, people can change. I can see this. But yeah, it's still funny that he says, like, I'm going to be a better father. Did, well, well, did he beat his baby's mom? Or was it another I, woman? You know, it was, it's actually oh. very tough to find information on this. Uh, he's, Damn it. He's buried it pretty well on the old internet. Um, I guess there's just so many, like, 90s artists who were probably real pieces of shit that he got. <laughs> yeah, well, we come from R. Kelly peeing on a 14-year-old to this, so... Yeah. I mean, this isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things, right? I think most people just want to talk about his dis- dysfunctions that he's very open about. There was, like, an article on the Huff Post, like, we talk about Father's Day with Art Alexicus from Everclear, and I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Huffington Post, man, they stretch it. I wish I had this kind of power. I wish I had this kind of media power that I could think up dumb shit like that and get it, hap- like, get it to happen. Yeah, um... This is I, my dream. I one day hope to be that rich or control that much media <laughs> that I can interview Art Alexicus on Father's Day about Father of Mine. <laughs> on that note, I don't really like this song too much. Um, I feel the same way about it that I did about I'll Buy You a New Life, where it's just like, he's a little too... He's Both of these songs are about other people, but are still about like his ego and like... It's yes, really about you're right. Me. He's really good at conveying that this is about him, even though he's bitching about his dad. Yeah, yeah, and, and that kind of stuff turns me off. And uh, agreed, I don't think that I, I don't like the emotions I feel listening to this song because of the content. I don't like the song. I like the only part of it is because I remember how much it got played. Mm-hmm. I wonder if any of us really realized what the. I don't ha- think that I had a scope of what the lyrics were about. Like, I mean, I obviously knew, but like, I couldn't like. I didn't attach emotion to the lyrics at that age. Yeah, and maybe maybe if if I had a terrible relationship with my father, like I don't have the best relationship with my father, but he was yeah. around, you know, and uh, maybe I would feel differently. But I, I don't know. It's. Uh, this is the New Age version of Cats in the Cradle, by the way. Right? Ooh. Um, well, was, see, there's a song that can, even though I think it's really saccharine, there's a song that I think is more show-don't-tell than this is. Like this. Oh, that, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I'm just saying, like, I feel like this is the ever clear take on that song. 
Yeah, yeah. I if it's it's a it's a poor imitation of yeah. that. Sure, absolutely. So that's what I think about when and like and and comparing the two, I'm like, oh, Cats in the Cradle is fucking awesome, classic song. And even though it's about like you know torn kind of father child relationship, it comes off a lot better than this does. Oh, in every possible way. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. Uh, I'd say, you know, kind of a pass on this song, but uh, yeah, I, I'm it. generally I sour again. on Everclear in general. I gave up Everclear while I was in college. Hey. Hey. <laughs> All right, so the next song, speaking of college, um, I didn't even intend that transition. Uh, Sublime's What I Got. I don't even know what we can say about this song. It's, it's just fucking classic. You'll hear this oh, song. This is, this is the epitome of barbecue music. Yep. Like, you just want to be outside, like in the summer, kind of at dusk. And just, like, you know, still grilling and, like, you know, there's, like, girls running around, but they're not even scantily clad. They're just, like, laughing and talking and everybody's smoking weed. That's it. It evokes a good feeling, but I generally don't like this song and I don't really like Sublime. What? Um, Yeah. Really? Uh, I See, I hate, like, like kind of stoner music and Sublime's, like, the one band that I'm like, okay, I can deal with Sublime. Because they're just, like, it's, it's, again, it's just, like, this feel-good kind of, like, you know... Like kind of poppy, but like not—it's non-offensive. It's like cake to me. This is what this is. I really hate uh, the song "Date Rape" in like every way. I would say it's probably one of my least favorite songs that's ever been written. Mm. Um, I can totally get behind the backyard vibe of like Santeria. Um, oh yeah, dude. That's it's it's this the Chili Peppers, like you know all these kind of like California like bands that were just like not jam bands, but like you know. We're just like just playing and having fun, like surfer kind of music. I this I I like it. Yeah, I, this is Sublime is not a band that I would listen to. Right. When I'm like doing work, but at the same time, like if I'm grilling, like for sure, if somebody's playing Sublime on like you know a fucking like Bluetooth speaker, I'm like, oh yeah, awesome, cool, it's perfect. Yeah, I'd much rather have them as a single song than I once took a drive from college to someone's uh, house party, and it was like two hours away. Um, Why and, the fuck were you driving two hours for a house party? In well, we were like we we're like staying for the weekend. Like his parents okay. were gone, so we're going back to his house for the weekend, and we're gonna get a bunch of beer. And like we were just twenty one, okay. and they played that Sublime album the whole way down. And I was just like, wow, I really don't like this band. No, yeah. I, so this is a thing. I think you got to cut some other shit into Sublime. I don't think I could listen to Sublime straight through, and no. I've never have. Like, it, it would get very Dave Matthewsy to me very quickly. Like I'm you know what I mean. Like it would get it, like it's too slow to have everything, but like if you if you cut in some chili peppers and shit, then it wouldn't be too bad. And I think a part of it does come from living in New Jersey. I mean, I don't get I, they were like a California band. I don't get why New Jersey loves Sublime so much. Um, it's I've, dude, I've, they, dude, it was everyone. It was everyone at this time. Every college kid at this time loved Sublime. It wasn't right. Jersey. It was everywhere. Well, I've there's a, a game that I like to play when I'm out with my friends at a bar. Um, any bar that has a DJ that's playing like not just like modern pop, like we'll play yeah. like the you know like those bars that have like the '90s nights or whatever. Yeah. Um, or a bar with a jukebox. Uh, we play Sublime Bingo, where we. Uh, oh damn! It's really that bad. Oh, Price is Right rules. Um, you say how many, how much of a length of time will we be here before a Sublime song is played, 
Uh, yeah, winner Lois gets his drinks. Win. They get their drinks for free for the rest of the night from everyone else. Uh, and you're, if there's a jukebox or if there's DJ playing 90s, you're guaranteed to hear Santeria, maybe even Date Rape. But karaoke night's a good, a good way to oh, play yeah. it, too. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's everywhere at these fucking bars, and it's just the kind of bars that I end up in sometimes, even though I know I hate them. Yeah, what them. the fuck kind of bars are you at? That's what I'm trying to but figure it's, out. It's at a lot of bars. Like, any bar with a jukebox, you're going to get... Uh, Santeria at some point, and I think I've just grown, uh, like, I just have this thing against Sublime, and I think a part of it is the fact that I hate date rape so much. Um, Did you get scorned by a girl that likes Sublime or something? What the fuck's no, going on here? No, I've never dated a girl with dreadlocks. <laughs> Patchouli oil. Uh, yeah. Hangs out in those East, East Meets West stores at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it was just the time and the place that I, uh... Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's just, uh, and There's I mean, a lot of bands and shit that I don't like just because of like my age at the time and right. like where I was, and just like other people liking it, and I'm just like, fuck everyone that likes this. Yeah, and this isn't. I mean, this song doesn't offend me. I don't hate this song. Uh, I wish it was Santeria, but I'm glad it's not Date Rape. If I had to listen to a Sublime song, yeah. Okay, I get it. I like Sublime. I they have a place for me. They're definitely not like my favorite band of all time. I've never seen them live. I won't go see the the Bad Fish cover band of sublime like a lot of people do but i wouldn't mind seeing them yeah i kind of have to wonder if that's offensive to people who like really loved sublime is that they're coming back around again with a new singer i don't think i think that they really what wait are you talking about like the bad fish cover band or are you talking about sublime coming back with a new singer the the coming back with a new singer who is it? Sublime with Rome? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I think that's right. I saw, I saw, I live right near a, a big venue and I saw Sublime with, uh, I, I don't know, I don't yeah. pay much attention. But Sublime, isn't the whole, I, okay, so I don't know my Sublime history, so send me hate mail about this, but didn't like the original like guy from Sublime die before the band ever became famous? Yeah, yeah, Bradley Noel is, is dead as hell from a heroin overdose. Yeah, and like, was he like the singer? Yeah. Okay, so then, like, you can't be, you can't be like, the other dude is, like, a great singer. Like, you can't be mad that they replaced the singer now, because we're on number two. So, like, you're just getting, you know, updates. I mean, I wonder, (laughs) I I think people are happy that they get to see Sublime, who discovered them after that they died. But I wonder if, like, the real hardcore, like, fans are like, you can't replace him. It's like, I don't think they ever had This is the Sammy Hager Van Halen, you can't have this. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But I wouldn't know, because I'm not a fan, and I don't really know any fans of them, to that extent. Same. Same. I need to figure this out. But yeah, okay. Yeah, those are my thoughts on Sublime. All right, cool. Well, what are your thoughts on the Backstreet Boys? I'll never break your heart. I generally do like the Backstreet Boys. I don't like I, like you have hinted before, and we didn't talk about this yet though. I always kind of preferred In Sync, but I hated both at the time. At this point, I was already listening to rap music. Um, and I remember, I specifically remember being in a classroom and some other kid coming up to me asking me if I liked Backstreet Boys or NSYNC better, and I said, fuck both of them. <laughs> I listened to Eminem, is what I said. Okay. Yeah. And, but I mean, like, at that the same age. time, like, what? That age, that time. Yeah, it was like that age, that time. I mean, like, overall, I didn't hate it. Like, but I, I wasn't into the, like, manufacture. Like, I didn't care who won TRL. I was always watching for the videos behind that anyways. Um, this one is probably, like, one of the worst Backstreet Boys songs, though. 
I don't like the song itself. I hate these, like, love... I guess they're all kind of love ones, but I really specifically hate the love ones. I kind of like the more fun ones. Backstreet Boys had some fun, upbeat shit. Um, I don't... I, dude, I... Yeah. They have, like, stupid-ass glasses. Like, those fucking glasses in the video are so stupid. Yeah. Um, I, it was cool, though. I do like the... I did like whatever the blonde one, the, the cute one that everybody liked. That one, Nick whatever. Carter? Yeah, okay, yeah, Nick Carter. He um, his like goofy ass dirt bike pants and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. I, and I remember being like, dude, those were some pretty cool clothes. Like even back in the day, I was like, I like those pants with like the giant graffiti writing down the side and forty sizes too big. Were like, you too young to own a pair of either UFOs or Jenkos? No, dude, I had a bunch of Jenkos. There you go. Okay, my parents yeah. would never let me have them. What? I what wanted of, them, and I'm glad they never What kind of communist household did you ever grow up in? Well, yeah, my father's got a Trump sign in front of his house, so there you go. <laughs> Make America great again. Uh-huh. Fuck Jankos. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, see, I think about this kind of stuff a lot, like, at the age that I'm at, that if, if I were to ever have children, what kind of fads would I let them participate in? Sure. Because you can either go, like, no fads at all, and then, you know, they, you're, like, you, are you scorned? You know, you were okay with not having Jenkos. I had, they did, they did cave and let me have a pair of UFOs. That's even worse. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a backward ass, no wonder he's voting for Trump. That makes <laughs> no sense. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I would, I... I reminisce a lot about fads, and I think that they're they're good for pop culture. I like them in society. I mean, like, you know, there's obviously, like, limits to it and stuff like that. But if I had kids, I think I would let them participate in a lot of them. Yeah, I think that's important. I think you want to let your kids feel and inclusive, let them, yeah. Yeah, inclusiveness, but letting them feel them, like, make their own way, kind of. The thing is, like, fads nowadays are so fucking stupid. Like, you know, like, <laughs> we had, like, we had, like, giant pants, like, nobody's clothes fit. Okay, cool. But, like, everybody did that. Like, now, it's like, fads are so weird and, like, money-driven, you know, like. Yeah. The fad of your clothes well, not fitting wasn't, like, necessarily, like, you had to buy, like, this one oversized shirt. It was that, like, every shirt was oversized. Yeah. That's completely true. You know, uh, I went to, um, a couple of years ago, uh, the girl I was dating at the time, her friend threw a party, and the theme was um, middle school. And okay. so we all tried to dress like we were in middle school, and uh, I just you ended up going... You have a lot of white friends, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I ended up... Only white people love theme parties. Oh, I hate yeah. theme parties I so much. But yeah, I'm white as fuck. <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, same, but white people fucking love theme parties. No, sorry, I'm... No, no, it's okay, fine. Man. I ended up going to a thrift store and just buying pants that were way too big, like a fat dude's, like, size 44s, yeah. and uh, wore them as Jenkos on, like, a silk screen shirt with flames on it. Oh, dude, And yeah, I spiked up yeah. my hair, I and I realized Jenko that I was just dressing like Guy, Guy Fieri. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. I had I had a Jenko shirt that had flames on it. That's how cool it was. I had a... <laughs> yeah. I had a silk-screened shirt with Dragon Ball Z characters on it, and I didn't even watch Dragon Ball Z. Oh, God, that makes my head hurt. We were so fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. That's Dragon the thing, Ball like, Z is dope, but yeah. Fads God. are, like, inherently stupid, and... I wouldn't even, I'm never having kids, but if I did, like, I wouldn't even try to understand 
what these fads were. Like, as long as the fad is not, like, the knockout game, it's like, cool, you yeah, do yeah, you. Yeah, 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 As long as it's not, like, s- microwave my phone. I'm, we're going to huff okay. air conditioners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Duster, man. It's spray duster. Yeah, I yeah, I think so, too. I, I don't know what the fuck I would do. Kids are so weird nowadays. Yeah, it's not even worth trying to figure out what it's like. They, just, they have so much technology. Like, kids... I, I, it's a different way of growing up and it's always it always is a different way of growing up but now you can't understand it it's like no no we like i i've read a lot of articles about this about how we this is it fits this because we are the nostalgia generation right in the sense that we literally watched the world completely change within our lifetimes like we grew up with vhs and now you can Netflix stream a movie. Like, there's, like, so much shit that we just watched become completely outdated in our lifetimes. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I, I can't relate to my parents, but I can't relate to children either. Like, we're kind of, like, this lost middle generation. It's weird. Yep. I, uh... I'm completely on board with that. And I guess that that tangent shows how little we uh, give a shit about this song. It's just not that interesting. Sorry. Yeah, no, no was, we're, we're a, all about tangents on now and again. Okay, cool. Yeah, this was just, it's, it's just a very uninteresting, like, they, of all the Backstreet Boys songs that were cool and all the interesting music videos, and, like, when mm-hmm. they did the music videos that were on making of the video and whatever, this one's kind of bland. We get, like, again, like we were talking about earlier, like, you get these manufactured personalities, and they're all so fucking vanilla. It's like, yeah. one dude has guitars in his room and the other one just has a bed because he's a player and then the other one has all the fucking comic book anime shit yeah and i'll guarantee you nick carter did not own a silk screened dragon ball z shirt no this is so this is what so i actually i had this thought when i was watching the video is do you think they let them pick their personalities or they definitely gave them their personalities they definitely gave it to them um maybe they had something to say about it, but I definitely think they handed that shit directly to them. I think even worse that they tried to come up with personalities themselves that they thought were cool. Oh man, so do you think Nick Carter was like, yeah, like it, I'm totally gonna be the anime kid? I, th- I think that he thought it was comic books and they just really poorly delivered it. I could I could see that. He was, he's like the young cute boyish Yeah, yeah, one. he was like, I like to draw. Maybe yeah. some comics would be cool. And, and they'd his... be like, yeah, and then I bet I really wish that I knew some facts about that video and if they were his drawings, because that would just make this <laughs> so much better. But then they give them each girlfriends who, like, fit the theme, and his looks like she should be on a lot of Molly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And there's no way, like, that's the thing, like, there's no way. Like, they gave that to them. That's That was some, like, get old ad execs idea. Yeah, yeah, this is, so this is, this what is my, this is why Zack Attack began, is because I love the idea of, like, you know, 50-year-old dudes in suits trying to convey pop culture to the people in the generation. Yeah, exactly. That's it's like, so it's just completely manufactured, and you're just like, who the fuck cleared this? Why didn't you just get, like, six teens in a focus group to be like, this shit's lame? Because I think the, I mean, it is lame, but I think the teens were just kind of looking at them, just like, oh, yeah, your shirt's it was kind so of unbuttoned, right? and you've got a flat chest. No, he, it wasn't even unbuttoned. He had the fucking Fabio shirt on that was like half, it's like a half-cut shirt, like a girl's shirt that like stops with no buttons, but just flaps. Yeah, they're so hairless and like, I know, and young, I know. and it's just like, because they have to seem, um... Even, like, the bad boy one who's wearing those stupid ski goggles, like, 
even they have to just appear as inoffensive as possible. And I mean, that's yeah. kind of, that's what the song is too. It's like, I'll be the one who's always there. It's, it's the most I like, will never basic be a bad rom-com. Person. Yes. Exactly. Even though the song is a little, it's like very nice guy anthem, like, oh, why do the girls always like the ones who'll break their heart? And I'm always here and I'm pining for you. Yeah. Like, but that's, that's not what adult women necessarily want. Like, that's what a girl <laughs> who's... That's what a 14-year-old girl wants. Their idea of romance is, like, based around the notebook. Like, that's what... Yes. That's who consumes... Dude, I was saying about how much I wish I was Nicholas Sparks the other day, dude. This shit is like cookie cutter, slap a different co- cover and a dumbass title on it, and you can just sell fuck tons of this shit, so... Right yeah. around when Twilight was released, um, you had, like, Twilight was the main one. There weren't all these other ones, but I I said to so many friends, I'm like, why don't I just write some piece of shit about, like, a mummy that goes through time and falls in love with a Frankenstein or whatever? Yeah. And, I, I, and then all of those came out, and there was, like, the SNL parody of, like, two Frankensteins falling in love. And that was, like, a year later, and I was just like, man, I really... Drop the ball on that one. By you not did. selling out at all. Like, I should have just jumped right on You should have done that. it, dude. You should have fucking yeah. did it. I missed um, the boat. Did you... So, is the dude with, like, the kind of ponytail in this, is he Hispanic? Uh, I have no idea. Do you think they... I think they either tried to make him look a little ethnic, or they definitely whitewashed the fuck out of whoever that was. Wait, is he the one that's... Okay, so I'm clicking through the video. He's not the one that's in the, the Fabio extremely... Shirt. Yeah, so... There's one guy that's in an extremely Native American themed house, and I think he's probably not Native American. No, no, no. That's like that's Nick. That's you know parody Nick Lachey from Backstreet yeah. Boys. He's like the other one that looks just like Nick Lachey, but just the Backstreet Boys version of him. I don't. The one with like the goatee and mustache. He's the one that they slam into the interracial relationship, which I think they yes. felt so again they marketed like that was focus grouped as fuck. I feel like. Oh, yeah, and this he's the older one, is... so he was the one that, like, the girls really didn't kind of like anyway, so, like, they just gave him this. But, yeah, no, the the, the one with the fucking, with the uh, the Fabio shirt is, um, is he's... the one that, what's his name? I, I don't know what any of their names are other than Nick Carter. Is he the one who's in, like, the guitar's room? No, 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 he's the one that's just, oh, god damn it, now I have to look these fuckers up, god. <laughs> I had this conversation on the last episode. It's like, I only know Nick Carter, and and, and Nico was like, well, what about Howie? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Brian Luttrell, AJ McLean, was he the old Howie Duro? Maybe that's the one that's the the one that they kind of make look a little... I think it's the shirt throwing me off. Maybe I'm just being borderline racist with imagining that he's Hispanic because of this Fabio shirt going on. Yeah, it's him. Howie Duro... Duro. I kept wondering if, if this one guy had Native American roots, and maybe no, I'm he's being racist by assuming that's he does a, not. That's he was definitely the way right, the way white one. So yeah, no. Uh, oh yeah, he's Puerto Rican. Okay, there you go. His mother was Puerto Rican, so I was right. Yeah, they're just whitewashing him. Like they let they let him have the ponytail and the Fabio shirt, but they don't let him not be white. Oh, yeah, I mean... See, because you didn't even notice which one I was talking about saying that no. there's the Hispanic one. No, they so. really... Yeah, none of them... It's weird, like, they all get to have their manufactured personalities, but none of them get to be anything but something that will appeal to a 14-year-old white girl who has their parents' money. Yeah, yeah, that's... It sucks. Maybe we should make, like, a very, like... What it... Like, we should make a boy band that's, like, new age... 
Dude, I, I really want to come up with one of these fucking million dollar ideas like this, so. Isn't Sorry. that just One Direction? No, 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 no. One Direction's all white kids. You want the mom-approved version of One Direction, which is everyone has their own ethnicity, all their ethnicities are important, they all have distinct ethnical, ethnic personalities. So, like, the one that's, uh, the one that the Tumblr kids can get behind. Yeah, like the American Girl doll version of <laughs> a boy band. That's what we need to come up with. Sad thing is, that's probably the one that's not marketable even today. At all, I know, right? Like, like you'd be like, you know, like, face of the world, like, we could do this. Even Bono would be like, fuck those guys. <laughs> I can't market that. <laughs> yeah. No one buys like... music anymore anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of buying music, man, we're just transitioning the hell out of this. The man who owns Tidal, Jay-Z, yes. he's next with Hard Knock Life. And it's very tough to find this video online because Tidal just is purging uh, Jay-Z and other artists from YouTube. Yeah. The video's not uh, interesting anyway. What? Really? I think it's classic, dude. I really like this video. I, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. He was always, I think he is going to go down as the greatest rapper of all time. Um, over Biggie, Pac, anybody else. Jay-Z has the most great albums. Um, I like all of them. I have seen him before live. Um, I think he's cool. I dig that he's with Beyonce. Like, I like everything about Jay-Z. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I like Jay-Z. I think this song is fantastic. Uh, I just uh, said the video wasn't you know, that special. Um, but the whoever's thing- idea was to sample... Annie, Annie is, I mean, obviously Jay-Z's yeah. idea, I assume, but that's no, no, fucking no, no. brilliant. It wasn't. Let me look no. up who, no, no, definitely not. It, it definitely wasn't his. Hard Knock Life, Volume 2. Let me find out who the producer of this one is. This is pre-Kanye era Jay-Z, by the way. So, uh, the 45 King is who, DJ Mark the 45 King, I don't know who this is. Well, he had a fucking brilliant idea. Oh yeah, dude. Well, I mean, this is this was hip hop at the time. Hip hop at the time was all samples. Oh yeah. It was all just like one sample that everybody knew and then a baseline, you know, like so yeah, this is what we get. We got um on this album you have production from Swiss Beats, DJ Premier, Jermaine Dupree, Dame Dash, Timbaland was on this album, but this was pre Kanye. Jay Z, which I think is really interesting to see, like the transition of like when he picked up Kanye and how the music changed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think the video is interesting, dude. I like that um, they had the girl play Annie. Like we get our first hints of a black Annie here, yeah. and it took them fifteen years to fucking make it. But this is the the first time we see it. You're absolutely right. And she slays it. She's the best part of the whole music video. Yeah, that I will completely agree with you on that one. Like the I, okay, I get that. I I maybe over like the video because of the rap nostalgia factor for me. Mm-hmm. I like the bodega shot. I like the sitting on the stoop. I like the walking through the hood. I like. I miss this. I miss when hip hop videos were this. Um, I really like when. Jay is on the stoop, and you see the little girl push him, and he laughs like really hard, and like yeah. it's like, like that's very genuine. It was like a really cool thing. So that's and, um, those are the reasons why I like the video. It's very um, now. This could be me finding a version that was like artifacted out or or whatever due to it not being on YouTube and not in high quality. It's very it's a very orange video as well, um, if I remember correctly. 
Um, no, that was it. Wasn't orange. It was actually more like gray, honestly, because it okay. matched the album. It was like a black and white kind of feel, and that was before. Um, I gotta try yeah. to find it now. So before I yeah, see you, just, you type that in, and it's just it's it's yeah. nowhere. It's not as orangey as it as it appeared in in. I, I see what you're saying. It's more like sepia toned. Well, it reminded me, you know, when I when I had seen it, I, I thought it was more orangey, and it reminded me a lot of uh, Spike Lee's "Do the Right Thing." With a lot of those New York maybe, shots, those bodega maybe. shots, just yeah. people sitting on a stoop or against a brick wall. Yeah, but that was that was the reality of what New York was like at the time. Which is oh, cool absolutely, to me. and that's one of my that's that's one of my favorite movies as well. And I got I got kind of got that vibe from the video. Yeah, yeah, man. This is I don't see. I hate to think that this is probably one of Jay's like most famous songs, right? Like, it has to be, like, one of the hits. It was for a while. Like, this was, like, this was what everybody knew Jay-Z for, was, like, the fucking Annie cover song. Yeah, if you're, like, if you're asking an average person on the street, which statistically is probably, like, a white person, what Jay-Z song do they know? I think it's this or 99 Problems. No, I don't even think it's 99 Problems, dude. I don't think that one's even close. Yeah. No, no way. It has to. It okay. has to be like that, or like some like Rihanna crossover song or something. Umbrella. Yeah, like Umbrella. I bet is like something you'd get a lot. But if you're like name a song that just Jay Z was in, like you would get that. Can I get a might be a one up there because that had such a big crossover because it was nah. in the uh, the Jackie Chan movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe people love Jackie Chan, dude. Oh, in in 1999, people fucking love Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. I'm sure Chris Tucker still wishes it was 1999. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he does too. Um, okay, here. Okay, I remembered that I had an interesting Jay Z story. Ah, uh, yes. I wasn't gonna bring it up. I'd forgotten already because I have been drinking. Please share cool. your Jay Z story. Um, I remember a story Jay Z did an interview that he's talking about him and Big were hanging out. And this was like you know around bad boy time and and before Jay was kind of big and like you know he was just hanging out with Biggie Biggie was like already making it, um, and he says he remembers a time that he and Big were hanging out. Puffy calls him or Puffy's paging him right, and uh, and he's like yo fuck that dude like whatever he's lame we're chilling you know like whatever. And um, Puffy shows up to the place that Big was and was like, yo, we got to go. And Big was like, okay, cool. And, like, just, like, left immediately. And Jay was like, I realized that, like, at that moment that Puff was the one signing the checks. And I was like, yeah. Like, he was really in control of hip-hop at this time. Like, like way deeply ingrained in hip-hop. So, And now he's just in control of really shitty vodka. Yeah, yeah. Dude, what is, else does he have? Didn't he just, like, build a school or something? Or was that Jay that just built a school? Jay I just, don't know. Well, both, maybe both of them did. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am... Um, Jay-Z, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Jay-Z is great. Um, in college, I was writing for the school paper, and I was doing um, music and film reviews, and um, I don't think ever, anyone ever read our college's paper, because we came from a very, you know, very tiny college. Yeah. Um, and the only time that I, I – it was the American Gangster uh, soundtrack and – Which was fucking terrible. I didn't like it. But I didn't okay. like it either. And I wrote a, a fairly negative review of it. But most of my review was like, it's just not up to Jay-Z's level. Like, the, okay, yeah. Be better. And Agreed. that was the only time I ever got hate mail. Oh, really? Yeah. 
the only time I was like, oh, someone's reading this was when I, I took a little bit be... of a shit on Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah. And that Jeez. says a lot about him, man. And, yeah, and his... Jay-Z fans are strong. They're only fans worse than Jay-Z fans are Beyonce fans. <laughs> well, and that's, there's a lot of crossover <laughs> because of, you know, the Illuminati that they're yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Do you what, what do you do you think maybe that the that the girl that's in the hard knock life video is a clone of Blue Ivy from the past from the future? Yes. 100% so yes. I think I also, the Illuminati created her, put her in the music video. That's why Jay's so happy in the video and then she became Blue Ivy later. My favorite Jay-Z fact is he got sued by the professional wrestler Diamond Dallas Page for using the, the diamond rock? the diamond symbol. Yeah. That was, that was oh, really? the Diamond Cutter logo. Yeah, and yeah, he got was. sued and, and had to pay GDP. Oh, Rest- really? He lost yeah. it, too? Yep. Fuck. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yep, he got Diamond Cut. I um, I love that there is a picture and a and, um, famous, like, you know, Twitter kind of comedian guy that just, like, you know, just like a normal dude, but he just, like, makes commentary on pop culture, especially hip-hop culture. And he had a picture of... Jay-Z and Obama, and it just said, remember that he started out as a crack dealer. I mean, it's... It's it's the American... Dude, Jay-Z is the American dream. Like, he came from, like, like living in Marcy Projects, like, selling crack to married to Beyonce, one of the most, like, richest music artists Owns ever. a fucking basketball team. Owns a fucking basketball... Well, that was, like, controversial. He only owned a little piece of it, right? Isn't that okay. like what the, that, the thing was always, like, like, the that. Russian dude owned most of it, and Jay-Z was just, like, put his name on it for, like, the... He already sold his part of it. Oh, did he really? He's yeah, still an entrepreneur, though, like... He is an entrepreneur. He definitely made money on fucking Rockaware. He sold off Rockaware, made a ton. Um, he made... Uh, oh, you know why he sold his part of the Nets? Is because now he started that... Uh, sports management company and he couldn't it was conflict of interest for him to own part of the nets and represent sports he represents one of the yankees who is it i have no idea yeah he represents one of the yankees like he's like their sports agent that's fucking insane well i mean like his company yeah his company whatever i'm sure it's not jay's like going to bat for him for contracts but yeah he now owns this weird rockefeller company that runs sports like people's yeah, yeah it's and cool. uh, and right now, I mean, I don't even think that. Uh, I mean, we're talking. You can't separate Jay Z in 2016 from uh, Beyonce. I think at this time, you know, I think Beyonce is. I don't even think Destiny's Child is a real thing just yet. In 1999, really? Yeah, because on the the what? next episode, um, Beyonce is a video babe. She's just what? This, yeah. She's, Dude, I didn't even know that. What, when was she a video babe? How, when did this exist? Well, stay tuned for next episode, and oh, you'll hear uh, me and Joey Lewandowski talking about... Uh, he, he watches the video, and... Uh, okay, no, spoil- no, no, they were signed in 1996 to Columbia Records. Okay, well, then they hadn't taken off yet, because, right, spoilers, episode three was recorded before episode two. Um, That's fine. Uh, but he watches this video from this... Uh, I don't even remember the guy's name, because he's a, uh, a nobody, but the, the mute babe in the video... Um, and she's not like in a bikini or like, she's not like a sexy babe. She's like the, I'm being romanced, like, um, wearing like a long evening gown, being really? showered with flowers, babe. But she says nothing. She's a, no, she's, I don't think she's Beyonce yet. 
Oh, damn. No, because, look, 1999 was the writings on the wall, so, and that was Bills, 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 came out July 27th. Actually, this album, it was at the same day that Now came out? I think um, that was the same, July 27th, so 1999. It's, so it's coming, so she'll make her way onto Now in, like, two or three two or three more volumes then. Yeah, right, because this one got released. What was the date? Like, July something? Yeah, it's somewhere around there. Okay, yeah, so, like, the next week after Now 2 came out, you dropped Bills, Bills. This was, this had, um, Bugaboo, Say My Name, Jumpin', Jumpin'. This was it. So, like, they existed, but you're right, like, she wasn't, she wasn't Destiny's Child, she wasn't Beyonce yet. She still had a Knowles attached to her name. Yeah, damn. Yeah, not too long from now, both of them are going to be the power couple, and uh, you're going to get the whole internet in a furor when you even just reference the idea of them breaking up. Send us hate mails about Beyonce, please. It's me. I'm Becky with the long hair. The nice <laughs> hair or whatever. I don't even remember. That was yeah. such, like, that album's great. Don't get me wrong. But there I've was never such to it, a stink over that whole thing that I was just like, I hate this. No, it's, dude, it's great. This is the fucking, Beyonce did, the, also musically, they're, they're geniuses. Jay-Z with the, I'm going to sell a copy of my album with every Samsung phone, highest opening day album release ever. Okay, right? you can't applaud that and and then we and then talk shit about U2 which did like the exact same thing. Yeah, but yeah, you well, U2, but U2 forced you to like have the student yeah. But U2's album sucked and I guess Jay's <laughs> probably did too. I don't even really know what album that was, the like bullshit one that he um do you think he lost something when he became an entrepreneur musically? I think that it's harder to get good verses out of Jay now, and I think that he knows that as well, and I think that that's why we don't get as much music from him. Yeah, there's that old saying, like, art from adversity. I think when you are fucking loaded, it's a lot harder to be creative. Yeah, dude, he just doesn't give a fuck. I like I like that, but... And also, he doesn't need to carry the team right now. He has Beyonce. Yeah. Like they're like they're a team, like you know what I mean. Like they're obviously like together and like and seem to be doing relatively well. Uh, like I don't know what their relationships like, but like if they are a team, then he's like fuck this shit. I don't need to do this anymore. Beyonce can carry us for like I I paved the way, and I know Beyonce had Destiny's Child money, whatever, right? But like Jay was like slaying it. He had the Rockaware money and like yep. all the business shit. And now he has Beyonce, and he's like, "You carry the music money, and like I'll just deal the, deal with this shit." So, yeah, you're right though. You're right, American Dream. That it, yeah, dude, it's it's awesome. Um, on a cool note, I just looked up um, um the American Gangster album, and Sean Puffy Combs is credited on producing like more than half the album. Interesting. Yeah, he's first credit for producing and it's a lot not of good. the album. Yeah, it's it wasn't good. Um a cool Jay Z fact that I really like and I really like this idea is that Quest Love gave Blue Ivy an iPod when she was born. Did you know this? I did not. And it is a huge iPod and he adds he gave it to her with like a thousand of his favorite songs on it and he adds a couple hundred every birthday that she has. That's a pretty dope gift. Right? Isn't that cool? And, like, Quest Love is, like, you know, super crate digger, like, music head. So I'm sure I, – I would really, really like for this to one day leak of just, like, the track list of Blue Ivy's iPod. Oh, yeah. You know what? I guarantee you that that uh, that track list goes up on title one day. 
Oh, man. Yeah, like her 18th birthday, Blue Ivy Quest Love collab playlist. The 18-year mixtape. Yeah. 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 it. It would be great, though. I would really like to listen to it just for all of these little tidbits. Anything else to say about Hard Knock Life? Um, no, but that, okay, so the Puffy thing brings me into, like, some other songs I was thinking about at the, t- are we going to go into the other, do you want to go through the bonus ones? Alright, and we're on the, uh, the last official track of Now Volume 2, which is a weird one, um, if you can really call it a song. Oh, yeah, I forgot that this was even Boz Lerman's Everybody's yeah. Free to Wear Sunscreen, and I think we have to kind of go straight into the Wikipedia about this and get the kind of background before we go straight into it. Okay, give me the back. Yeah, I don't know anything about this. I mean, like, I know who Boz Lerman is, but, like, I, did, I never knew that he made this weird-ass song. I don't know how the fuck it got on so, now or what, but, yeah. Mary Schmidt's advice column. Uh, Schmich, I got S-C-H-M-I-C-H. Sorry, Mary, I have no idea how to say your name. Yeah, Schmicks. no one's listening. She's um, not listening. Uh, listening. The column Advice it. Like Youth Probably <laughs> Wasted on the Young was published in the Chicago Tribune on June 1st, 1997. In the column's introduction, Schmich presents the essay as the commencement speech she would give if she were asked to give one. In the speech, she incessantly recommends the wearing of sunscreen and dispenses other advice and warnings which are intended to help people live a happier life and avoid common frustrations. She later explained that the initial inspiration for what advice to offer came from seeing a young woman sunbathing and hoping that she was wearing sunscreen, unlike what she herself did at that age. Uh, The essay soon became the subject of an urban legend which claimed it was an MIT commencement speech given by Kurt Vonnegut. Despite a follow-up article, this, this... Continued. Pre-internet days, yeah, dude. And We're Vonnegut's talking lawyer Nap- kept receiving out, so requests okay. to reprint it. Uh, Vonnegut commented, <laughs> this I find questionable, um, that he would have been proud had the words been his. Well, it's That's just weird that enough. I believe it. I find all of the advice in here like really uninteresting and boring platitudes that would make a really shitty commencement speech or basically anything. Um, but yeah, you're right. It is... It's the tongue-in-cheek version, but the thing is, like, I would, again, if I had a platform, I would do a dumbass commencement speech like this, like, wear sunscreen. Yeah, and it is. Seatbelts are A lot are of cool. seatbelts are cool and Smoking stuff like that. Smoking is like, bad. Yourself, like, maybe you'll get married, maybe you won't, maybe you'll have children, maybe you won't. It's like, that's, that's not really advice. Yeah. It's just, like, stuff that you say to people who you know aren't going to listen to you, and I think that's the point of it, but it doesn't make yeah. it good or interesting um and it is weird that boslerman recorded this to uh, a beat and it became a hit like that's the weirdest thing oh yeah this was on the radio it became a hit i remember hearing the song was it really a hit a lot really damn i never heard this it's just a thing that could you know only 90s kids will get this but like this is a thing that could have really only happened in 1999 yeah in the world of daria man this was only a song that could have existed there the problem that I have with it, though, is, hold on, let me check the date of when this came out, just to make sure that I'm right, but I think, yeah, it was 96, okay, so to me, this is like a shitty version of a DJ Shadow song, and introducing it come out in 96, and it feels like somebody was like, what does DJ Shadow sound like, and Bars Lemon was like, kind of like this. I don't, elaborate, please. Do you know DJ Shadow, are you a fan? DJ Shadow was like the pioneer of what is it uh sampled hip-hop okay he made an album in 1996 which is 
probably like one of my favorite albums of all time called Introducing. And Introducing was him in the basement of a record store making this entire album of samples from records and just had like a like a very early MIDI controller type thing. Mm-hmm. And he would just like in a drum machine. And he just sat there with like two turntables, you know, like this like little like sample machine. And the music is like very like surreal and and it like it stemmed this whole hip hop sampling. So it kind of feels like somebody's trying to do a DJ shadow. I can see that, take. sure. You have to yeah, you have to listen to introducing. It's a great album. Um he like he's a DJ revolutionary and um and this yeah, if you listen to it, I think it relates a lot more. It's like this weird, like, you know, because he was sampling stuff, so, like, all of the vocals in the albums are, like, you know, kind of, like, he would pick stuff from albums that yeah. are not musical. Like, they would be shit, like, you know, wear sunscreen and stuff. Like, like, he would use samples of stuff like that because he was, like, just starting this whole, like, revolution of doing that. So they they have, like, a lot of weird sayings, and, like, the vibe is kind of similar, and that's that's the problems that I had with, this song the video is really cool though and i think aesthetically like with like the throwback generation and like of all the shit that people are doing now this kind of like shitty microsoft paint kind of feel you know like i liked i liked the music video a lot because of that i don't know if it was really cool back in the day but like now well i'm glad somebody had something good or bad to say about it because i had very little to even say about it it's just like other than it being a really weird thing to have existed as a hit at the time like it just doesn't really do anything for me, but that's... Yeah, it makes me disappointed because I don't think that DJ Shadow got any real recognition outside of the, the like, hip-hop slash, like, electronic music community, and he's fucking awesome. He's a great dude. Uh, Okay, so this isn't about the song, but DJ Shadow, like, you know, made this, like, super revolutionary album. I'm sure that every hip-hop producer has heard this album before, and, um... He was playing Mansion in Miami, or he was playing a big club. I think it was Mansion in Miami, and, um, you know, now these clubs are all, like, mainly run by the dudes that are paying for bottle service. You know, if you're paying, like, thousands of dollars to be there, you're going to get what you want. And so somebody had bottle service on a night that DJ Shadow was supposed to be there on tour, and they were requesting, like, top 40 hits, and he got thrown off the decks. And it was just, like, such this crushing moment for me realizing that dj shadow got thrown off the decks at a club for not playing shit music when he inspired so much of the music we hear today it was just like a really like like i, I couldn't believe it it's like yeah, what the fuck is going on fucking gross and <laughs> yeah yeah it was bad man it's like it's like if you really knew who this was you would never even think of like even if he was playing shitty music which i doubt that he was because i saw him like i think on the same tour and it was one of the best shows i've ever seen and um yeah he like he still djs with like no computer like he just has like fucking oh that's i'm gonna have to i'm definitely gonna have to check that out that's an awesome recommendation Um, Uh, dude introducing is such a great i've played that album through many many a times it's like one of the ones that like i can listen to it over and over again it's just it's just so weird and like yeah Okay, a- anybody else? Anybody else? If, if anybody is listening to this and you thought that the last song sucked, listen to Introducing by DJ Shadow. It's really good. There you go. Um, all right, so that's the end of Now Volume 2. But 
there's a lot of songs from this time that didn't make it onto compilations. This is a segment that we call Men on a Missions. I'm a man on a mission. I'm a man on a mission. And the first one, which the song was huge at the time, and I can't believe it ended, it never ended up on one of these, is No Scrubs by TLC. It was never on a Now. Nope. Was any TLC song on an, on an album, on a Now album? I don't think so. I could be wrong about that, but uh, stuff like Waterfalls and Creep were a little too uh, too early for the Nows. Really? And, okay. Yeah, and so this might be the last and only time we see TLC on a, a massive pop music compilation. This song, we talked about Britney Spears having a ton of longevity. This song, again, you know, you, you hear those opening notes oh, dude, you notes still hear girls in. say this shit, yeah. Like, this is, the, yeah... Our generation will never forget no scrubs. I, I call people scrubs all the time. Oh, absolutely. And it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, a guy hanging out the side of, of his, his best, best friend's friend ride, ride. But yeah. it's it's still, that that vernacular is still used. That slang is, is it's it's all over. You yes. hear, now you get like 13-year-old kids calling you a scrub when you're bad at Counter-Strike. But yes, still. But like, they don't know the pain that we went through for this. They don't know. Have you ever heard the response song to this? That, what, the No Chickens? Yeah, it's like, I think it's like No Pigeons or something like that. Yeah, No um, Pigeons was actually a top, a, like a billboard charting rap song from this year, 99. Yeah, and it's a direct response to uh, to No Scrubs. Yeah. It's supposed to be from the guy's perspective singing back. It's not anywhere near as good, but it's, uh, no. I always love uh, basically response songs. I find them Same, dude. really um, fun. Yeah, that's why I love rap beef so much. I love the back and forth of it. Even outside of rap, when it happens, like, and yes, I, I agree, the rap beefs are amazing and hilarious. Um, like Lady, is- Ga- Lady Gaga has a song um, called Summer Boy, which is a response to Don Henley's Boys of Summer from the girl's perspective, and it's it's really good. Uh, that's, okay, yeah, I get it. I, la- I, I like the, uh, being part of the instant generation, I like the rap ones because they're like, stupid-ass beat, Two minutes in the studio, songs out. Literally, oh, yeah. by the end of the day, you get the response from the other guy. The next morning, you get the response, and it's just like back and forth for like two weeks, and it's awesome. Yeah, they're just Instagramming their, yeah. their responses. It just goes back and forth. Yeah, little clips forever. Yeah, I love it. I mean, uh, I feel like I love it is the most we can say about this song. I mean, like, it's so good. It still holds up super well. The video is really fun. I, I dig that Fifth Element kind of vibe, but with also that very Busta Rhymes-esque kind of editing and filming style. Yeah, this was really big at the time. Um, yeah, yeah, this was great. I, I liked the music video a lot. TLC did a lot of great music videos. They're right up there with Missy Elliott for, like, some of the best music videos of the time uh, in this kind of genre, so... I, li- I like them. Yeah, it's a shame. Like, I don't have more to say about it. Like, I feel like everyone knows it, and it's really is yeah. that good. Uh, but I felt like it needed some recognition. I f- I forgot that there was a rap breakdown in this song. I feel like that got edited out of mainstream radio a lot to just get I in that three minute part. You yeah, know, the three minutes long. I forget the rap break. What? Yeah, you know what? You know why I love TLC the most? Why is that? Because they sing the fucking theme song for all that. Really. For sure. Yeah, and they're, like, on, like, the first couple episodes. Again, 
nostalgia generation. I spent, you know, part of the summer watching all the All That's over again, and it was awesome. Highly recommended for anybody that remembers All That even a little bit. My... uh... Any attempt I have to do a French accent is just uh, Keenan Thompson yeah, in the in the, in the bathtub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's with it. The chocolate. Yeah, that's exactly my shitty attempt at a, a French. I mean that that was that show was doing a lot for a kid show. They were parodying Ross Perot, which is like, yes. that's not a kid's thing. Like you need to have like no, some level of awareness. Great, like yeah, that show was definitely ahead of its time. Yeah, and it was like, like the kids' now. version of SNL. You, exactly. You, you have Keenan now on SNL. You got Amanda Bynes from all that. Like we, that was a lot of shit that came out of there, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, TLC. There you go. TLC did the song for it, which was awesome. And TLC uh, was great. I think they would have. I wonder if part of why they don't show up anymore is because of the uh, the untimely death of uh, Left Eye. Yeah, I think it really broke them up, honestly. I yeah. I definitely agree. I If she was still alive, I think that they would have uh, continued on maybe a little bit more. But, you know, we started to see, like, the wave of, like, girl bands kind of dying when Destiny's Child went down and stuff. Maybe there would have been a fight or a split right. or something. So, I mean, we can reminisce and hope that they would have stayed together and made more music, but I don't know if that's a reality. I'm glad they didn't, you know, pull a sublime and replace her and uh, nah. go out. That like was that. one that... Leave the memories alone. Yeah, that was one that I don't know if they could have even tried that. I think they would have gotten pretty much executed. <laughs> they could have pulled up, like, the one like one of the, like, reject Destiny's Child chicks. They could have put the one of those chicks yeah, in. Yeah, the, the, the lost fourth member. <laughs> the, the Illuminati sacrificed her to bail or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, TLC, classic. Um, maybe a song that a lot of people also remember, but maybe not so classic, and was also omitted from this album, though it was huge at the time, is Lit's My Own Worst Enemy. We listen to this song drunk so often. Oh, it's the only time you can listen to it. Oh man, it is such a great song, and and I remember singing it as a kid, and it was not as appropriate as it is now. Like you have to spend many a nights ruining relationships and being yes. a fuck up to to really understand my own worst enemy. Absolutely, and you know. We talked about longevity and things like that and how you can recognize the opening notes of uh, Baby One More Time. And guitar, This is the other thing, yeah. Guitar riffs, you know, we're in a pop age. Guitar riffs, there's not a lot of recognizable riffs anymore, and everyone knows that opening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could as soon as I hear two beats of it, I know exactly what song's playing. I remember the music video vividly. I didn't even need to rewatch this music video. I remember the car on the front lawn and like the the vans and like the very punk kind of feel to the video and the standing there with the microphone. Yeah, that this one's awesome. They're doing like a, a Big Lebowski kingpin kind of thing with yeah. like that Vegasy lounge lizard gross bowling kind of aesthetic. Oh, I love it, man. It's it's super real big fish for me, and I'm a real yeah. big fish fan. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I like everything about this video, and the song the song is just classic, dude. I, the I like all the memes that are going around now because people say lit, and they're remembering that the <laughs> band was titled lit. So my friends have like a lot of memes about like when your band title was way before its time or something, you know, like stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I was I was also a really big Real Big Fish fan around this time. They were one of the bands that 
and as lit was as well, that moved me towards like uh, liking my own music instead of just what was on the radio or what my parents were listening to. Yeah. Uh, there's a hundred percent chance that if I was old enough to go and like drive myself to get clothing, uh, I would have definitely owned like a, a, a bowling thrift shirt. store bowling shirt, one hundred percent, and I would filled it with sweat while skanking to sell out. And yeah. absolutely, dude, Robo Fish is going on tour again. They're coming through here, so just as a heads up. They, uh, I've seen, I've seen those guys a lot of times. Again, though, that feels like I feel like my knees just. I, I don't know if I could skank it out for a whole show anymore. You don't have to, dude. We nobody does. You just stand around and drink beers. It's a bunch of dudes like standing there, like, yeah, we're too old for this dancing <laughs> shit, so we're good. I feel like a lot of people find this song a little um, seedy and grody. Like, what? In I, what sense? I, it's just. It's. I think the tone of it, like the. Not, maybe not the tone, but like the the mood of it. It's like a it's like a dirty, dingy kind of a song. But I'm okay with that. Like not not lyrically, but it's just like a really garagey. Oh yeah, it, it definitely feels like a garage band kind of song, and I and that's part of the appeal to it for me because this became like a pop hit, but wasn't yeah. a pop hit, you know. And um, I'm glad that everybody kind of embraced this this little bit of grunginess that we got from not grunge in the sense of grunge, but griminess maybe. Um, that the song was. And they have other songs that aren't terrible. I know a lot of people recognize them as like a one-hit wonder. Maybe occasionally people remember them. Uh, the song Miserable was because the video had Pamela Anderson in it. Um, yeah, I think I, I don't love that. that song very much. I think it's a little too... It thinks it's more clever than it is. They had some other songs that... It, they, it kind of does my own worst enemy. Like, uh, there was a song called Lipstick and Bruises that they had that was... Um, like I've it kind of captured that else. tone again, but it didn't quite. You can never recapture the you know, the first one. No man, they can't. I've never listened to anything else by Lit. Um, but I this this is like a song that tugs on my heartstrings. Like I will always love this song. If they were playing one of those summer fest shows and headlining it, I think maybe I'd pay the twelve fifty to see them headline a, <laughs> yeah, a washed up nostalgia tour. Yeah, I always imagine that I want to put together a tour. It's all one-hit wonders, but they only play the one hit. Well, that's the thing, is I don't want to see them. Like, I would actually see this band play a whole set, maybe. I'm curious. Uh, but like, I, I can don't... imagine they're fun, you know? Like, they're punk yeah. dudes. They can't take themselves too seriously. Like, I don't want to see... Like, they're close it. Like, they're not going to closing time it and be all pissed yeah. off that you only wanted to see my own worst enemy. Like, they're going to play to you. This song had... Uh, uh, this, I'm sorry... This compilation had a lot of bands that had, like, multiple hits, so I'm struggling to think of, uh, like, I don't want to hear, like, a lot of people love that song by Vertical Horizon, like, if you could only see, but no one knows another Vertical Horizon song, like, but you know they're going to play the whole set, like, yeah, I don't want that, I, I'd know. rather just hear, like, they're a perfect example of a band who should come out and play one song and then get yep. the hook, get them off stage. Yep, I like it. But, uh, yeah, this song, this is a great karaoke jam, and now is full of great karaoke jams. This is a great one to get drunk and sing with your friends, for sure. Oh, I get drunk and sing it with myself, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, when I get drunk sometimes, I will uh, I will parody the bridge of this next song, because I think it's maybe the lowest point in music history, um, and that's Korn's Freak on a Leash. Think you think it's the lowest point in music history? Is that what you well, said? Well, that's maybe a little facetious, but I think the breakdown where he does that weird metal wow. scat. That, yeah, like well, that thing. Well, now, now you're doing Disturbed down with the sickness. No, no. It's a, it it's kind of work. 
Yeah, it's. I know. Okay, maybe it came out wrong. Sorry. Well, because you don't. It's so embarrassing that you don't want to try to actually do what Jonathan Davis is doing in this song. Yeah, it's bad. I liked Freak on a Leash. I think that this uh, Follow the Leader was like um, probably my first introduction to Corn because of the age I was. So I have a special place in my heart for everything on follow the leader and i really liked freak on a leash and i really love this music video dude the bullet holes like through all the thing that was like a super creative music video at the time it doesn't hold up uh visually like as much these days now that, like youtube is full of doing that um that high frame rate like slow motion kind of shot of things but yeah. at the time it was like it's fucking very, crazy very right and this was a this was a todd mcfarland video if i'm not mistaken or at least he did oh, the animation really? He at wow. least did the animation. Yeah, I think he just did the animation, but that's yeah. This video was re- like yeah, you and you get the fucking the the cartoony parts. Yeah, this was really. I think that this was the the pinnacle of corn for me. Well, that's not a high bench to clear, though. No, no, um, I mean obviously not. Like the other pinnacle of corn for me would be when they were on South Park, but. Yeah, I think that this is like because what was the album that followed this one? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, uh, the one after "Follow the Leader." It was like the one with like the doll on it. I saw somebody that had this tattoo, and I was like, "You are fucking weird, man!" <laughs> like, how would you get the tattoo of the the other one? Was it right next to a Juggalo tattoo? Issues. Remember issues? Nope. Okay, do you look up the the album cover for Issues really quick, and you'll instantly remember it. Well, it had I. I... I don't remember the album. It had like the ragdoll with the button eyes on yes, it. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. See, it's a it's an iconic album cover. I just um, I feel like you know we talked about how lit like there wasn't a lot of guitar stuff at this time, and I feel like if you were discovering your own path in music at this time and you wanted guitar based stuff, your options were like poppy kind of punk stuff like Blink One Eighty Two or Family Values stuff, and I kind of went in the other direction. Um, what? Like, more of the pop-punky kind of stuff at that time. Okay, um, yeah. You had I never like really this. did the Family Values stuff. What, what else is on Family Values? Like, like Limp Bizkit. Oh, dude, I fucking love Disturbed. Limp Bizkit so much. I loved Limp Bizkit. And uh, what's the, uh, who are those guys that do that really weepy... Oh, fuck. Uh, it's been a while. Who are those guys? Yeah, those guys. Like, I can never get into that stuff. Head really. up high. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I forget. I also is. was a bassist at this time. Uh, I mean, still am, but uh, I absolutely hate the the bass tone in this song. Oh, that like super t- like uh, tuned down. It sounds <laughs> yeah. like an elephant farting, <laughs> slap bass kind of thing. It's just ugh. Yeah, Can't yeah. I don't. I see. I don't play any instruments. So I respect everyone that does, and I think that that I I can't hate. There's like certain noises that I definitely hate, but I don't have disrespect for certain noises like an artist would you know yeah yeah like you're like oh i'm a bassist i fucking hate this bass line it's stupid you know and i'm like oh well like the bass line is probably fine but you can't hear it because it's tuned so low that it just almost sounds like percussion it's just like that slapping sound there's no music tonal to it like (laughs) i can't i can't deal it i actually really do i um the, the end of the song where he's doing the part of me, part of me, part of me over yeah. and over again. That actually builds up to a really interesting uh, progression and riff, and I can I can dig that part. Um, but overall, like, yeah, I think this is probably the best corn song. But I also think that's 
It's like <laughs> kicking a six-yard field goal. Like it's not... Yeah, yeah. I could understand it. I get you. And then they became like way more punk, like poppy after this, so... There is a, and this is going to be in the liner notes of the show, um, about, it was when I was in college, so we're about eight years after they had their moment, you know? Yeah. Um, MTV tried to revive Unplugged, and they gave, for whatever reason, they gave one to Korn. Oh. And there's How did that an work out? Unplugged version of Freak on a Leash featuring Amy Lee of Evanescence. Um, that sounds horrible. Was it? It okay? has to be heard to be believed. No, it's atrocious. Okay. They've got this string quartet behind them, and they're all wearing these like um, eyes wide shut masks. And the set it looks like uh, it looks like they stumbled onto a poor imitation of like Sleep No More, and they just sat down and started busking. And uh. it's it's so fucking bad. Okay. Oh. I yeah, I don't even. Cloud. I don't even want to turn. I don't even want to. Yeah. See, this is exactly what I was just saying. Like, I don't want to listen to it because I don't want to have this song ruined for me. I remember it very fondly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we can we can come back to this song in a second because we're jumping to a segment of the show uh, called Rap Genius. So the website Rap Genius. Anyone from the internet can annotate the lyrics of a song and throw in their opinion about what the song actually means. For example, one of the annotations for Take Me There, in the beginning of the song, someone spells out R-U-G-R-A-T-S, and the annotation is, they're spelling Rugrats because the song goes along with the movie. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is great. Rap genius annotations are, they're not really uh, the most genius of geniuses. But I'm going to give you... Uh, the option. Would you like to read the annotations for Freak on a Leash or for Closing Time? Are we doing both or are we just doing one? I'll take the uh, the one you don't pick. Okay, I would like to read the annotations for Closing Time. Okay, so um, I will read the lyrics. Why don't you start off with that intro paragraph? Okay, did somebody actually write this? Yes. <laughs> okay. At closing time, predictably, it's time to leave the bar. The dim lights are gone, replaced by mood-killing brights designed to send the buzzed and drunken people scurrying out. Note the last line. Many people who are struggling, whether it be personally or with a job, drink their sorrows and worries away at the bar. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) If they don't want to go home and deal with their problems, they're welcome to go somewhere else, but the bar is done providing therapy services for the night. That being said, this is actually a metaphor for the birth of his son. Replace the bar with a mother's womb and we've got it. What the fuck? So Where did is, that last line come from? This is actually apparently... Um, his explanation someone, for it? This is his explanation for the song. This is what he insists the song was actually about. So let's go Wait, into what? the... Yeah. Well, let's see if okay, we, we can get there. Um, okay, go ahead. So, open up the doors and let you out into the world. This is the baby actually entering the world. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. The birth of the child is the first moment it sees all the lights of the world. <laughs> That's a, it's point, and that, that makes sense. Nailed I'm it. I'm sure it's a reading. Crushed it. How many um, upboats did that get? Death of the author. <laughs> but one last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Let's just try this one. This just plays up the bar metaphor. In reality, telling the baby to finish growing 
in the womb and get ready for the birth. <laughs> Additionally, it could also be referring to the speaker himself. He is transitioning from a young adult into a father, so the last call is his final time to drink up before having to mature for his newborn. Uh, you don't... I don't think a lot of fathers stop drinking. Actually, that would be the moment that I would start drinking more. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Here is the womb. The baby can no longer stay here or there. It is time to be born. Dude, this person is... F- wow. Okay. Yeah, this is... Okay, some, go like, ahead. I always say that Rap Genius is like the internet safe space for like people who are really into their freshman lit 101 class yeah it really is dude i didn't realize that it was this bad i mean like i guess like a lot of the ones that i do um like look up are usually rap songs and a lot of times they're annotated by the rapper themselves which could be equally as bad like sometimes their explanations are fucking stupid too but you know, uh, the rap ones are a little bit more curated, you know? Like, there's a lot of people that, like, upvote, downvote, edit them, tell people go fuck off. Like, those ones are taken a little bit more seriously because that's where it started. If yeah. you're going back on old ones, nobody's really annotating these or really looking up the lyrics because, like, we, like, we knew what they meant. We thought we knew what they meant. Yeah, apparently I was completely wrong about what Closing Time was about. We and, had one uh, more. Yeah, Closing Time, this room won't be open until your brothers or your sisters come. The clearest line in the song to cue listeners in, wait, the clearest line in the song to cue listeners in that this song is not about leaving the bar, but rather about the birth of Dan Wilson's son. Wilson sought to play room as a pun for womb. Ah Man, that only works if you're like the priest from um the Princess Bride and you have like a really bad speech. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, this is. I don't ever want to imagine that this is what the song actually means. Yeah, it's you're just like slowly ruining the song for me. This is a guy who thought his band should have been more loved, and trying to like, you can't death of the author yourself. Like when you are the author. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not yeah. how that works. Like it'd be. I don't know. And if you have to have that metaphor, and it doesn't work, and no one's picked up on it. And you have to go out there and tell people that's what your I song wonder if is it's about. Him. I wonder if it's him that's the <laughs> one annotating it. it. Yes, that's... Now, okay, that saved the whole thing for me. I'm Why imagining him just annotating it himself. And- Why didn't anyone get what I was going for? <laughs> click, clack, click, clack, click, clack. Yeah. Tick, 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 tick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes me a lot happier. Okay, good. I'm oh, just imagining man. he annotated it. Cool. I, I'm in on that. Um, will you take me through Freak on a Leash? I will most definitely take you through Freak on a Leash. Um, do you want to read this top part, or are we just going to go That's, right into the lyrics? Uh, yeah, I'll jump into that. Good. Freak on a Leash was Jonathan Davis's complaint against the music industry that abuses him, leaving him feeling like a freak touring corporate America, fucking making all the money while it's <laughs> taking a part of me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, lyrics, we'll start there. Uh, something takes a part of me, something lost and never seen. Every time I start to believe, something's raped and taken from me, from me. This could be how he feels about America. How he's been violated, raped, in parentheses. <laughs> and how a part of him is being taken away, and he doesn't know who or what he is. <laughs> Can I take away all this pain? You want to see the light? I try to every night, all in vain, in vain. Well, he wants to stop his suffering, whether it be physical or psychological or emotional. The part where he says, I try every night all in vain, in vain, which, 
We I'm need glad it to we repeat, repeat it. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we it. It can be interpreted many ways. I have two I can give. In that's bullet not points. editorializing. In bullet points. That's literally there. I'm, yeah, I'm uh, sure. He tries to sleep on his problems and hope things get better the next day. Or, bullet point number two, <laughs> uh, he does something at night or in darkness to relieve his stress or pain, such as take smoke, narcotics, or cut himself. This was clearly a, like, 12-year-old trying to annotate Freak on a Leash. This is this amazing. is dude. definitely, yeah, someone who picked this up a very at, a, at small a Hot child. Topic. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Somebody saw a really cool Hot Topic shirt and then bought the album. Okay. Mm-hmm. Feeling like a freak on a leash, you want to see the light. Feeling like I have no release, so do I. How many times have I felt diseased? You want to see the light. Nothing in my life is free, is free. This song is a reaction to being paraded around conservative America. <laughs> playing, <laughs> playing music that's mere sound seems to clash with the moral <laughs> values of the majority, and yet making money all the while. Jonathan Davis said in an interview, America was built on the people having the freedom to do what they want, and it just seems like the Christian right wants to take over and take away everyone's rights on things like abortion and just everything. <laughs> they it's do. just so fucking conservative. It's ridiculous. That is some. That is some top-notch uh, political yeah. commentary. They just want to like uh, take everyone's rights on abortion on and everything. everything. On everything. Uh, like these are apparently we started getting annotated by the left here. Okay, um, you and I were meant to be a cheap. A cheap fuck for me to lay. He suffers from consumerism. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. okay yeah. No one cares about him. Only thing they want is to buy him. Big companies that want to buy some music star to advertise their product. I, Oak? Do you what, buy any of it? What black nail polish? Maybe OPI was trying to buy him. Uh, Utilicilts, perhaps? <laughs> yeah, maybe that. Um, you know, dreadlock making things. Uh, eye contacts. I can't see what big, large companies were trying to have uh, Jonathan Davis being paraded around as their poster boy. But yeah, but I would love to see uh, a car commercial that had "Got the Life" in it. I would love to see. I would love to see Jonathan Davis do fucking McConaughey style Buick <laughs> ads. Can you imagine that? That's a, that's all I'm imagining now that you said car commercial. I still see him driving like. I got the light, you know, and just like turns the light. New head beams from BMW. (laughs) (laughs) Or one of those like Dodge car commercials where it's super America. It's like America, the backbone of this country was built on Dodge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, these are great, man. You, you inspired a new game for me. Play a cheap fuck for me to lay. Um, <laughs> to read, to read some rap genius annotations of really old songs. Yeah, well, we're gonna do it every episode where we can find oh, some uh, some terrible annotations You're gonna, you, to find. You got lots of time before you run out of gold in this shit. I certainly hope so. <laughs> I think so, dude. I bet any one of these could have been gold. But yeah, you pick some good ones. I'm Jonathan. I didn't know the plight of Jonathan Davis in America. Um, now I do, and closing time being about birth is one of the most fucked up things I've ever heard in my life, but okay, yeah. Yeah, so the next time um, you're at a bar and the lights come <laughs> up, uh, just think about this song is about the how womb. you're actually leaving the womb 
of, uh, of your drunkenness or whatever the fuck. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. What is your name? Uh, Dan Wilson. No, I don't, I don't want it. You can keep it. I'm going to let this be a song about I'm going home because uh, you know the bartenders don't want to be here anymore. He's going to annotate the podcast and tell us how we were wrong about our interpretation of the... <laughs> The pitch that. No, pitch that to uh, you know. You said uh, you are uh, your partner is a bartender, right? Yeah. Pitch that to her and then write back in. And, oh, uh, I will. Yeah, I'm I would go, love, I'm We will going read to that her. on a mailbag episode. I would I, love to know her. I'm on that. going to tell her as soon as I go to pick her up after this. I promise that I would love to hear her take on it. Ah, uh, well, hey, it's been a. Uh, we're we're about to wrap up. Been a good time. Um, yeah, a we usually night, like dude. to uh, do some recommendations. If there's anything uh, from this era or from this time, or hey, anything you've just watched, it doesn't matter. Just you know, throw something out there. A bunch of people just listen to us talk about pop music from 1999 for a bunch of hours. And thank you if you're still here. Uh, do you have any recommendations other than um, a DJ Shadow album that I'm going to go listen to? Yeah, um, I yeah, think you I'll... should definitely watch Daria. It fits this mood right now. Like I've just re- was rewatching it, and it's awesome. I'm just going to piggyback on you for that one. Yeah, man, Daria was so good. Um, I forgot it, a lot of it. It's been a long time. I'm sure that not many people have been watching it recently. Dude, it's it's good. I feel like it really grabbed that kind of um, high school, mid-90s ennui that like we all thought we had, but like maybe it was just manufactured from the time. But, like, it's it like pre-angst, matter. right? It was yeah. like, yeah, I think so too. And And like it's so sarcastic and dry, and it was like, the girls were but like I think Beavis and Butthead is hilarious. Rachel won't watch Beavis and Butthead with me because she doesn't get it, and I get that it's like very male centric and like stupid and giggly. But like Daria, she will watch, and it, it's a lot. It's a lot funnier than I remembered it being. Even yeah, this this compilation was so good, and this might be one of the best nows that there is. Uh, at least for a very long time. Like, yeah. I just, I just want to, I don't want to send people away. Like, embrace this era. Like, go look up on MTV some stuff. Like, go look up some liquid television or, like, yeah. some weird shit from, like, compilations Say what karaoke's, the... yeah. please. Go watch the making of the videos again. Dude, bring, the, bring yourself right back to this time. It was a great, this was the golden age of music videos. So the watch best the music of the real videos. world. Yeah, dude, before we had fuck like the first real world road rules crossovers and like, like watch that shit. That those were great. When, uh, Mike Mizanin was a guy on a season of the real world and not WWF champion, the Miz. <laughs> he had that. Um, when you had, Puck and like real alcoholics on the real world. Oh yeah, Ruthie, remember her? Oh, passing I out in the shower. Ruthie was blackout drunk every day. I definitely remember Ruthie. Yeah, dude, she was great. Yeah, she yeah. was passed out in the shower. They had to like get her stomach pumped twice in the same season. And like, we can be really cynical about this stuff because we were young and stupid at the time. But like, I mean, I guess that's my recommendation: is just kind of uh, embrace the nostalgia every now and then. Every now and then. You and Joey are too funny, my friend. (laughs) Well, you know what? I have another recommendation, and it's a show called Zack Attack. Uh, Where can they find you? On cageclub.me. You can listen to all things Zack Efron if you think that it... It, that we were funny tonight. I think that we take Zach Attack pretty much in the same stride. So uh, it's always a good time for us. Come listen to them. And even if you don't like Zach Efron, listen to us. Maybe talk a little shit on him that I won't say that on Zach Attack, but I'll say it here. Yeah, we like, you know, laugh about all of his dumbass acting career moves. So, yeah. 
Have you guys dug into High School Musical yet? No, no, we get there soon. We're really stoked for High School Musical. Joey and I have neither seen any of the High School Musicals. We going through. We um just hit a Nicholas Sparks one, uh, pretty recently. Yeah, it was pretty much like a carbon copy of the Notebook with Zeph and Piper from uh, Orange Is the New Black in it instead. It was pretty good. So. Yeah, he's been in actually a lot of really random shit. Like, there was, like, the... the Yeah, he's been in historical pieces. We've seen him be 50 different jobs in his things. It's great. Yeah, definitely check out Zack Attack and check out everything on the Cage Club Podcasting Network. Cage Club, Keanu Club, Monkey Club, cageclub.me. And that's all for this week. We'd like to thank uh, Joe, too, from... Zach Attack for popping out again and having a great conversation. We will be back in November with his Zach Attack partner, Joey Lewandowski. If you like what you're hearing from now and again, rate, review, subscribe, all of that good stuff on iTunes. Check out cageclub.me for more. Or join the discussion over at the Cage Club Podcast Network on Facebook. Another thing you can do is just tell a friend. It's a kind of a niche show. We understand that not everybody might be into listening to people talk about pop music from the 90s. You would know better than we do who would like this kind of stuff, so please feel free to pass it on to them. If you've got any feedback, any stories, any of your own commentary on these songs, feel free to write into the mailbag. That's at nowandagaincast at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter. That Twitter is at nowagainpodcast. Remember to keep mbopping your way through life, and we will catch you on the flip side. Yeah.